All right. Well, I want you to, uh, once again, just like you did last Sunday, I want you to take one finger. I want you to put it in Matthew chapter uh, 1, and I want you to take another finger, and I want you to put it in Luke chapter 1. So this morning we're going to be looking at both Matthew uh, chapter 1 and Luke chapter 1. Uh, and this morning, with all of that in mind, I want to be preaching, I want to preach this morning a, a text of Scripture a little bit different uh, than the way we normally uh, look at this. I want this morning uh, for us to focus upon the call of the individuals that God used for His service. And you know, as we recognize this, God places a call uh, upon every single one of us. And as God places this call upon every single one of us, God places that call of service uh, to us as we think about uh, the call of service that God has placed. You know, not everybody is going to use uh, be used in the ways in which we find the individuals uh, within the Bible used, but, uh, you know, they're used for a very unique, a very special uh, calling and, and uh, special purpose that God had for that very particular time. But the reality is, if you're a Christian, if you're a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, God has called you to do something. Amen. God has called you to a work. God has called you to a service. And what each one of us need to do is we need to figure out what that service is. We need to call, find out what that calling is. And we need to get busy doing that very thing in which God has called us to do. And so as we look in the Word of God, what we begin to find, uh, we, as we're looking through the chronology of the birth of Jesus Christ, the chronology of that birth narrative of the way things all came about last week. We looked at the family in which Jesus came through. Today we're going to look a little bit more at the family, but a little bit more in depth than that as we find within the Word of God. In Luke chapter 1, we find here that uh, the Word of God tells us that Zacharias, a priest, he went into the temple. This is about 15 months prior to the birth of Jesus Christ. He goes into the temple. He's going in there to do his priestly duties. He's going in there to serve God the way in which he served God his whole life and so now he's way up in the age and his wife Elizabeth is way up in the age and an angel comes an angel speaks to them an angel get, tells him uh, that they're going to have a child even in their old age even though they're way past the age of childbearing and this child he's going to be a very special child he's going to be a gifted child and this gifted child filled with the Holy Spirit even before uh, he was uh, born uh, this child is going to be the forerunner of the Christ, the forerunner of the Messiah. And so, uh, again, this is about 15 months before Jesus is born. And so we find that there it is that God speaks to Zacharias and then he, uh, he's then uh, muted for a while until he's able to name his son John because God gave him that name. Then a little while later, nine months before Jesus is born, we also find there in Luke chapter 1, we find there that God then sends an angel to speak to Mary. And as God sends this angel to speak to Mary, we find here in the Word of God in Matthew, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 26, the Word of God says right there, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man who was uh, named Joseph, and the virgin's name was Mary. And, it, and coming uh, in, he said to her, Greetings, 
favored one, the Lord is with you. Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. And so here it is that the angel began to explain to Mary and began to tell Mary that she was going to conceive a child. She says, well, how could that be? I've never known a man. She was a virgin. This is the fulfillment of the prophecy that a virgin was going to give birth. And there it was that the angel was there proclaiming that prophecy to her that the Holy Spirit himself was going to over shadow her and as a, a miraculous act of God she conceived that child and so there it was that, that, that she did she said okay be, be it done unto me as, as you have said and so she agreed to this and God did this and now this virgin has conceived this child well then Mary goes on the Bible tells us to the hill country of Judea which isn't a short distance in fact it's about 90 miles from Nazareth and so she travels this great distance to go visit her, her uh, cousin Elizabeth who's about six months pregnant at this time and so she's six months down the road and she's about she she is uh, Zachariah's wife she is the one who is now expecting John the Baptist and so uh, Mary then visits with her stays with her for a little while until there it is that the, the Bible's not very clear whether or not she stayed the whole time that Elizabeth was pregnant or she left just before that but it was right around the time then she goes back to Nazareth and that's when things get really interesting here it is that Mary the lady who is engaged to has not yet been married she is betrothed to her legally legal husband Joseph and she comes back into town and everybody's looking oh we got a problem she's been out of town for a while now that she's back guess what that midsection just a little bit bigger than it was when she left. Amen? Something's going on. And so we find in Matthew chapter 1, if you look there, Matthew chapter 1, uh, we find there that it is that, uh, that, that Joseph begins to, that, that he finds out about this. And so in Matthew chapter 1, as Joseph finds out about this, the Word of God uh, tells us here in Matthew chapter 1, beginning in verse 18, it says this, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as followed when his mother Mary had, uh, betroth, uh, had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit and Joseph her husband being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her planned to send her away secretly but when he had considered this behold an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying Joseph son of David do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit and so now it is that, uh, that Mary is back in Nazareth. Joseph finds out about this. Joseph is uh, pondering in his mind, what should I do about this? What, what should I, how should I take care of this? You know, I can't, can't marry a woman that has, uh, that, that she's expecting a child from somebody else. The Bible says that Joseph is a righteous man. And so there it is that a, a righteous man is not going to do this. At the same time, Joseph being a righteous man didn't want to, uh, 
have any harm caused to Mary. Certainly he loved Mary and he was a righteous man. But there it is as we look into the Word of God. He was considering what to do about this situation and all of a sudden God shows up. Now oftentimes we focus upon the fact that Mary was called to be the mother of Jesus but then oftentimes we also fail to recognize that Joseph was also called to be the stepfather of Jesus. Now he kind of seems to play a lesser role in that but lesser it was nonetheless lesser for him personally because this was something that was a great task. It was a great obligation. It was a great duty on his part that he was to step in and act as the father of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the very Son of God. That is no small task. Amen? Yes, Mary had the part of conceiving the child, giving birth to the child, being the mother of the child, but they both were called to this great task. And so when we begin to think about that, we find the call of God on both of their parts. One we seem to esteem a little bit higher than the other, but the both were extraordinarily important. It's something that I want you to know, that regardless of what God has called you to do, God has called you to to do it. Therefore, it is extraordinarily important. Amen. It is extraordinarily value, valuable. You might not have the esteem of Mary. You might not have, you know, she's blessed among women is what the Word of God tells us. Amen. So you, 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 it's not that you might not. You're not going to have that esteem, right? You're not going to have that prestige. She's the only one, right? Just like Moses was the only one to stand before a burning bush and go before Pharaoh, right? He was the only one uh, to do that task. And so, you know, as we look here in the Word of God, God has called people to do very unique things but they are nonetheless uh, any more important or less important than anything that God has called you to do. You know some folks that we see less of their work and less of their calling than anybody else and that is prayer warriors but I want you to understand prayer warriors are amongst the most important folks within the church because God is moving through the power of that prayer and we might not ever see them in their prayer closet and they don't go around talking about all of the time that they've spent in that prayer closet but I can promise you we see the results of it amen and we feel the results of it and we know the results of it of what God is doing within their life and so to Mary in Luke chapter 1 here it is that that the angel says to her greetings favored one. Now, some folks take that and they put it all out of con uh, context. And as they take it all out of context, they say that, you know, she, she's, uh, you know, uh, more favored than anybody else, right? Well, that's not what he's saying. In fact, as you look here in the word of God, as he says, greetings, favored one or hell favored one, what he's saying right after that puts it all into context because he says, God is with you. Amen? So Mary, this isn't by any of your doing. This isn't by any of your organization or by any of your planning or by any of your power. Yes, you're blessed among women because you were blessed to be the mother of Jesus Christ, but this is 100% all an act of God. Amen? 100% an act of God. So when we think about that, greetings favored one, for God is with you. And you say to yourself, well, God's called me to do this particular task. God's called me to do this certain thing. You say, well, I can't do it. And I say to you exactly, 
Exactly. Because if you could do it, then that's not God calling you to do it. God does it through you. Amen. God is the one who is with you. God is the one who empowers you. God is the one that gives you the wisdom. God is the one that gives you the strength. God is the one that gives you that anointing to be able to do whatever it is, whatever it is that he has called you to do. And so here as we look in the word of God, say greetings, favored one. God is with you. It's not about her power, her strength, her ability. Who was Mary? Mary was a humble young lady, probably a teenager, a humble young lady that was living in Nazareth. And what was Nazareth was a little small hole in the wild town. Amen. In fact, when Nathaniel was called and he, he said, come meet, the, uh, we, we think we found the Messiah. Guess what? He's from Nazareth. What was Nathaniel's response? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? I mean, it's just a little small hole in the, ta- uh, hole in the wall of town. What, what good comes out of Nazareth? Well, Jesus did. Amen. And so there it was. She didn't have any prestige on her own. She didn't have any power on her own. She probably came from a very, very poor family in a very small town. But you know what? God did a work in her life. Now, you know, everybody knows what it is and the way it is that God has used her in such a phenomenal way. But regardless if anybody ever knows your name, guess what? Not by who you are and what you've done and any power or prestige that you have, because we have none. None of us have any. You can be from the greatest city of the greatest family with the greatest of education, the greatest of great everything. But apart from Jesus, you're nothing. Amen? And apart, in fact, Jesus himself said this in John chapter 15. He was talking about the, uh, talking about the, uh, that, that he uh, is, is the, uh, the branch, uh, that he is the uh, vine and we are the branch. He said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Amen. And you know what we get accomplished apart from Jesus? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. You know what we can do through Jesus? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We are unlimited in every single way, shape, and form, but it has to be God working through you. Aren't you glad that Jesus, that, that, that as uh, the angel continued to speak to Joseph in Matthew chapter 1, as God began to speak through that angel to, Mo, uh, to Joseph, he says, She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all of this took place to fulfill what was spoken Spoken by the Lord through the prophet, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and she will bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. So if you're a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, and you have the Holy Spirit of God dwelling within you. Guess what? God is with you. And he is unlimited in every single way, shape, and form. There is nothing impossible to those who believe. You know how I know that? Because Jesus said that. Amen? Jesus said that. But we have to allow him to work within us. 
And so as we allow Him to work within us, we find there it is that God used Mary in this phenomenal way. We go back to Luke chapter 1, and in Luke chapter 1, again there in verse 26, it says, Now in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, and of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming to, to uh, coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. She was very perplexed at the statement and kept pondering what kind of salutations this was. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And be, um, behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name his name Jesus and he will, be great, uh, he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom will have no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you in the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. Behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age, and she who is called barren is now in her sixth month. Now, when you think about this, you know, as, as Sister Tammy just did a phenomenal job of singing that song, Mary, Did You Know?, she didn't get all that. Amen? She didn't comprehend all that. She had no idea what was in store for her. But you know what? She believed it. Amen? She believed it. She, she didn't fully comprehend it. Oh, there's no possible way she could have. Even when Jesus told the disciples step by step, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to be delivered over to the hands of godless men. Uh, they're going to scourge me. They're going to mistreat me in all kinds of different ways. They're going to, uh, they're, they're going to crucify me. And then on the third day, I'm going to raise again, uh, rise again. You know what the Bible says? They understood it not. Jesus couldn't have made it any more plain, but they didn't get it. Amen? They didn't get it. But Mary believed. Verse 37, the angel said, for nothing will be impossible with God. Nothing will be impossible with God. Mary said, behold, the bond slave of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Let's do it. Amen. I heard the word. I believe the word. Let's do it. This is God's plan. This is what God has in store. We find in Matthew that there it is after the angel explains to Joseph this is all that's going to be, uh, this is all that's going to take place. Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. And the Bible simply says, jo Joseph didn't really say anything according to the Bible. You know, Mary, Mary had some words to say. And Joseph, you know, he'd been the typical man. He didn't really say anything. The Bible just says right here, verse 24, And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did it. The angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife. He just did it, right? Nothing really to be saved, all right? You say that's what we need to do, let's do it. Amen? 
We're going to do this. And so as we look here in the Word of God, what we find so abundantly clear is that God called this man and God called this woman to a phenomenal service. Today we recognize and understand because it's recorded in Scripture. We rejoice over what it is that they have done, but they were ordinary people. Nothing special about them other than the very special act of what God did in them. But they had to be obedient to the Lord. Amen. They had to say, yes, Lord. You know, we're living in a day and age, in fact, for, for, for decades now, decades only a handful of people have even been sharing the gospel. Amen? I mean, very small minority of Christians even bother to take the time to share the gospel with lost people that are dying and going to hell with a lost world, even though the Word of God very clearly tells us to do that. Always be ready to make a defense for the hope that is with you. And His name's Jesus. Amen? Very few Christians today even invite folks to church. Now, I know we've got some in here that they're, they're always busy at. I praise God for you. How many of you are praying? Seeking the face of God. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Beseech therefore the Lord of the harvest that he might send workers into the harvest field. We need to be praying. We have not because we ask not. Amen. Then we look at Sunday school, and we're begging for Sunday school teachers. You know, not, not us particularly, but, but as we look, in, we look out in the world, and, and, and so many churches are struggling to find Sunday school teachers, and they have been for years, they have been for decades. They're struggling to find children's workers. They're, you know, churches today are having a very difficult time finding uh, worship leaders and a very difficult time finding youth pastors, and now it's becoming increasingly difficult for churches to even find pastors. It's less, it doesn't mean that God's calling less people, but less and less people are saying, like Isaiah did, hear my Lord, send me. And God might not have called you to be a pastor, he might not have called you to be a youth pastor. You have to be very special to be a youth pastor. Amen. <laughs> Amen. God might not have called you to be a worship leader. Might not be able to hold a tune in a bucket. Amen. God might not have called you to be a Sunday school teacher or work with children or whatever, but he's called you to do something. And we recognize Brother Toby and Miss Julia made a day, and I praise God for the faithfulness of the calling that he has placed upon their life. I love hearing their stories. Amen. Brother Toby has been such a, such a faithful deacon, but you know what? I praise God for every deacon that we have here at Mill Creek Baptist Church. Every deacon we have are true, because the word deacon means servant. Every deacon we have here is a true servant of God, and I praise God for each one of them. Y'all don't even know half of what they're out there doing every week. Amen. Some of you do. Some of you don't. But that's okay because they're doing it for the Lord. Amen. 
And so many servants that we have within the church, I praise God for each one of you and your variety of callings. Praise God for each one of you. But friend, it takes all of us. And not a Sunday service either. Amen. It's easy to be a Sunday morning Christian. Amen. That takes basically very little effort. Oh, it was raining today, so it was tough to get to church. Well, okay. Saw a lady way up in her 80s in Ukraine one time that was hunched over at a 90-degree angle. She walked a mile to church one way every Sunday and a mile back home every Sunday she was bent up I kid you not she was bent over at a 90 degree angle had a little cane but she did it amen she did it friends God's called you to something the question is what that's the first question what is it well what's your heart drawing What's God tugging at you about? What just keeps popping up? That needs to be done. Yeah, it needs to be done. You're probably the one that needs to be doing it. Amen? Because God keeps putting it in your head, in your mind. Amen? What, what task needs to be fulfilled in the, in the church, in the body of Christ, or the kingdom of God? Is there a mission field? We're, we're having a great shortage of missionaries in our world today. A great shortage of missionaries and a great shortage of giving to missions in our world today. Where's our heart? Where's our passion? Where's our surrender? We know what needs to be done. You'll be like Mary. Okay, Lord, let it be done just as you said. Or be like Joseph, just get up and do it. <laughs> Amen? Just get up and do it. We have to put our feet into action. It's easy to sit around and talk about everything that needs to be done. We need to put our feet into action. We need to put our knees into action and get down on our face before God. Say, God, hear my Lord. Send me. Aren't you glad Mary said yes? Aren't you glad Joseph said yes? Now, I wouldn't have stumped God not even for a second. Amen? Praise God, they said yes. How can God and how will God use you if you just say yes, Lord? Or you don't even have to say yes, Lord. You just get up and do it. <laughs> Amen? We'll get our praise team to come on up right now. Is there something particular that God has burdened your heart about that you need to be doing. As all of you stand this morning, my only question is, why aren't you? You know that's what you need to be doing. Today we recognize Brother Toby and Sister Julia May of years of faithful service. Praise God for them. Again, I love to hear those testimonies. I love to hear those stories. I can listen to them all day long. Amen. But what's your testimony? 
What is it now? As a Christian, as a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, what's your story of God's service within your life? Let's get after it, folks. Today, if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you come? Receive Him today. Call upon Him today. How do I get saved? You just put your faith in Jesus. Simply put your faith in Jesus. Come down here and tell us about it. Amen? We'd love to hear from you. If you're here today and you want to be baptized, you haven't been baptized yet, you come today. We'll set that up. If you're not a member of our church, you want to be a member, you come. We're going to dismiss our folks that are going to be baptized right now. They're going to go on to the back and get ready. And so if y'all go ahead and do that, Brother Kevin is going to come down here. He's going to stand in my place. If there's a decision on your heart, or if there's something that you need to do, you come. This altar is open to you. Maybe there's somebody right here in this sanctuary. You can just turn to them. You know you can trust them. You know you, they'll, they'll pray for you. Just turn to them. Will you pray for me? Amen. Would you do that right now? As we go to the back and get ready for baptism, as God speaks to your heart, you come.